When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just before we start the show, can I please implore you to go on to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or a podcatcher of your choice and write us a review. If you do nothing else other than just listen to this show, please do that because it's incredibly important because what it does gets more people to know about Dumpty Dum. So go on to a podcatcher of your choice. Before you do anything else, hit pause and then write us a review. Five star it. Well, give us however many stars you think we deserve. But write that review and then uh, take pause off and hit play. This is Dum Dum, the show about the rally ducky drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the perky little pup that is Royfield Brown, and we've got the snarling Doberman that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Ambridge Goes to Crofts, folks, is you. Now, this week's triumphant trumpets come from Lucy and William. Now, Lucy, if somebody would like to send us in a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or have your urine infection discussed by an entire village, including the police, call us on 0203 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek for Lone in the Back Bedroom. Uh, Derek is having a tricky week as he's been forced to come out as pansexual after Auntie Cardboard caught him doing something unspeakable to a Le Creuset. Now, that's obviously really a funny gag, and I know you should never explain a gag, but like considering that I'm not as clever as you and I do not know French, uh, can you explain Le that Le Creuset is a saucepan set, and he's pansexual. Ah. <gasps> uh, right. Okay. <laughs> Um, I've met a few polyamorous people in my time. Have you? Yeah, that's they're just probably... randy people, though, aren't they? But, they, but some people of them can't have... keep it in their pants. But some of them actually have compelling stories as the reason why they've ended up being in, in being such a way. Mm. At least one person I, I, I did know once told me that. You While you were right? in bed? <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Listen, I, I decided to exit out of that potential arrangement before we even got into it. 
because I, I thought, mm, I didn't want to battle. I didn't want to take on all comers as, as she was. I thought, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> on this week's show, we have calls from Witherspoon, <laughs> Catherine, Rowan Jones, Blind Spirit, Andrew Horn, and Rachel. But first, before talk of omnisexual, pansexual, and omnidextrous lovers, it's Lucy B. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. <laughs> We began the week talking about Ruth's party again. Everyone keeps saying things like, oh, won't Jennifer make it too sophisticated? Which is giving the impression Ruth would probably be happiest with a pork pie and a bottle of diamond white on the swings in the green. (laughs) She's such a special lady, said Jennifer, who is slowly turning into Barry White. David is being a completely spineless cowardy custard and not telling Jennifer that actually Ruth does not want a string quartet and olives because Jennifer is using this party as some sort of family therapy for someone else's family. She keeps talking about it being a real family occasion. My own family's completely rubbish now. They're all broken and sad and cross and I don't want them anymore. So I'm going to pick on little orphan Ruth who has no one and make her like Brahms and Olives instead. There's nothing weird about me, honestly. Meanwhile, Brian was getting a little paranoid. How did you find out about the TCP in the groundwater? He asked David. Well, said David, I was accidentally using Ruth's phone and my fingers accidentally slipped onto the voicemail password and I accidentally played back all her messages and there was one all about you and your odour toxin. Right, O.P. Mm. Morgan, said Brian. Philip Roblight waded in again to Shula and Alistair's relationship by driving Alistair to mediation. Alistair has really got the bit between his teeth now and cannot wait to see the back of Shula. They went off to see Lance the Boyle, who has the joy of watching Shula cringe and Alistair manspread with his hands behind his head, holding forth about being rational and methodical. When they left, however, we were given an interesting little glimpse into their married life. Why have you parked here? said Alistair. There's a perfectly good multi-story. And in that moment, the women of the United Kingdom clenched their fists and said, yep, that's why she's divorcing him right there and abruptly switched sides again. Adam went trailing round the vid, telling everyone how busy he was. I have an idea. He could Mm. speak quicker and stop sighing. He'd get loads more done. Pip (laughs) was having a crisis about the pipette. Well, largely about the fact that Josh is getting a lot of attention for selling tractors and chatting up journalists, and she was not. You're doing the biggest thing any of us can, soothed Ruth. Get infertilized accidentally by a part-time barman. (laughs) She does seem (laughs) to have a scooby-doo about this pregnancy lark. How could she be this pregnant and not know about the pillow between the knees? You just got to figure that out for yourself. I am really worried about this baby. Oh, mum, I've just realised that when it opens its mouth and yells, it wants food, so I've given it some silage. What's that social worker (laughs) doing here? Freddie's college is swarming with drug sniffer dogs. Surely if they were looking for dope, they'd have pulled Freddie over immediately. I got very excited and thought Freddie was going to run screaming from his exam. Ellis was going to get done and name Freddie. But no, the only thing that happened was that Freddie and Ellis now seem to be best friendy Wendy's. They greeted each other most cordially. Despite the last time we saw them, Freddie was shouting, I never want to see you again, Ellis, just keep out of my way. Maybe they need mediation too. In another baffling exchange, Linda seemed to be suggesting to Fallon that brides were not allowed to read books about dogs. Did I mishear that or was it just another of those scenes that make you go, hang on, what did she just say? But why can't she? But then we're off somewhere else. So it goes in that ever increasing bin of what the hell moments on the archers. Mm. Jill and Shula had the world's most passive aggressive rapprochement. Now Shula, 
hooted Jill soothingly. I will support you. It doesn't matter what I think about your ridiculous decision because I am normal and you are clearly <laughs> your head. You will always be my daughter, however peculiar you clearly are. <laughs> Ed went off to show Peppa Pig at the sheep show. He was worried that Peppa Pig was being laughed at. It wasn't the sheep they were laughing at, Ed. It was you wearing Susan's dressing gown. I've had an idea, though. It's a bit radical. Bear with me. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't even... They could... No, I don't even know if I could say this. It's too daft. Well, all right, I'll try. I'll try, I'll try. Bearing in mind that Poppy is about five or something, why don't they just call the thing Peppa Pig on the farm and Pepper off it? I know. It's mad, isn't it? I'm sorry. Anyway, the Grundys actually had a nice day out in which no one died, went bankrupt or shot a dog. It was all right, though. Ed drove into the reservoir on the way home just to ensure the natural balance of things remained undisturbed. Kate did a bunk to Kent with her friend Leanne, then came back. I didn't know whether to cheer or cry, but she always has this effect on me. She announced she was going somewhere she was appreciated. Like where? The Kingdom of Bhutan? Narnia, because anywhere normal would not want you, Kate. I am going to take all my money away and pack up my yurts into whatever yurts go in, yurt pouches or something, and my goats, and I'm going to go somewhere less contaminated than Home Farm. Sizewell C, for instance. So just empty out (laughs) my shoebox so I can take my money and make a dramatic exit. There was a certain grim joy in Brian's voice when he explained to her that actually she was bound to home farm like a Joan of Arc to a collapsing cross as the whole bloody lot goes up in flames. Didn't you understand any of this? Sneered Kate, uh, sneered Brian. No, said Kate sulkily. I was colouring in the circles and the B's and the E's in pink and purple and I wasn't listening. And oh goody, the preparations for the fate have started. Brace, brace. Linda was <laughs> ravaging on about themes. It's not a theme that distinguishes the Ambridge fate from all the other fates, Linda. It's because the Ambridge fate is absolutely batshit crazy. Other fates have a beer tent and hook a duck until everyone gets too drunk and then it becomes hook the back of someone's T-shirt. Children running around yelling off their heads on candy floss. Everyone buys a deeply average cake for three times what it would normally cost in the baker's and a white elephant stall on which everyone gets rid of everything they've been re-gifted for Christmas. Then all the women tidy up, all the married men are forced to stay and help tidy up and all the single men run off to the pub. That is what it should probably be. Fact. The Ambridge fate is Kenton <laughs> screaming through a megaphone, a celebrity guest, a bloody theme, the WI dressed up as stormtroopers or something and people falling into the pond. This year it's going to be pets win prizes which explains A, Hilda Ogden, who will be winning the Savage Pussy competition, which coincidentally is Auntie Cardboard's porn name, and also B, why the village has been like 101 Dalmatians for the last three weeks. Hopefully, all the pets will do their bit at the show, then get immediately run over when the Speedwatch crew get distracted. One thing I never understand about the fate is the fact that they never say what they are raising money for or what happens to it afterwards. Oh, apparently this year's good cause is a race course in Costa Rica. Sounds legit. <laughs> the end. Oh, I like that this week. That, that was a triumph. Well, well done, Freeman. Well done, Freeman. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But, but do we really want to have that boring committee meeting where they go, we, this is, don't, so we raised uh, £2,967.38. But we own the bouncy castle, man. £700. Pounds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but don't you think that this bloody theme business is the mm. most single, most... They don't have themes. The theme is village fate. That's what the theme is of a village fate. It's a village fate. Well, but they have to have a theme to differentiate it from 
the from the last village fate and then the one before that and the one before that and it helps paint a picture but it helps paint a picture in the listener's eye come on come on all right god you're in a miserable mood today (laughs) what's up with you it's because this is the fourth go we've had at recording this I oh, know, and we best chop, chop, because otherwise it's going to be Russia, Egypt soon, and I'll have to curtail very quickly. Russia, Egypt? Yeah. Oh, the football. Yeah. Yeah, yes. the the cups of the world. You're not yes. even watching it at all? Um, I listened to it yesterday, um, mm. and I quite liked that man called Sassy. Because it kept making me laugh because they kept going, woo, sassy. And I was thinking, woohoo. <laughs> and then I discovered that he was just another footballer doing very boring football things. It was quite natty, wasn't it? There were many, many flies. Mm, it was. It was it, it was properly bonkers. Properly bonkers. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll tell you what I did quite like. Well, they do it quite regularly, though, don't they? I know we're not talking per se about um, yesterday's archers, Monday's archers, because we're recording on Tuesday. But they did enough to uh, give it a long trail in terms of the door down at the bull about to watch the match. Oh, did they? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, Neil got the score right. Neil said it's going really? to be 2 1 to England. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, Oh, what do you reckon he's going to be? And Neil went, Oh, I don't know, about 2 1 to England. And somebody went, oh, no, I don't know about that, blah, blah, blah. Neil was spot on the money. Well done, Mr. Carter. He's a soothsayer. <laughs> so he is. <laughs> Give me the in the football pools. <laughs> right, last week in Ambridge. Now, I've got no notes loose, so uh, I'm led by you. Oh, good. Um, I thought Brian was being unnecessarily unpleasant to Kate. I mean, much as I enjoyed it, he did feel <laughs> very harsh. Well... But then I suppose she'd been accusing, she'd been just basically saying, you've got us into this mess, Dad, now you get us out. And so I suppose it was quite nice for him to be able to go actually tough tit. But Yeah, and also, are you a businesswoman or not? Have you read over the contract? Do you actually understand uh, what the hell you've signed up to? Because as far as Kate's concerned, it's just a a free meal ticket, isn't it? It's just guaranteed income she's going to get regardless. But I love that bit where she went, but that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. It was it was so well done. So well done. Talking about well done, uh, Luce, uh, this week, our Dum De Dum listeners, our Patreons and our um, PayPal uh, donators get not one Dum Dum, but two, because uh, the interview with our Kerry Davis will be out ah, this week. And he goes into some detail about how the, how how they actually write these things. Very good. Very yeah. he's such a lovely man. Such a lovely man. Right now, so there's Brian and his little scion. Um, who else? What else did we talk about Matt, last week? What else did you like? Um, I'm just trying to to think. It didn't seem to be an enormous amount. The, the, the whole Auntie cardboard not going bonkers actually got an inflamed bladder was quite an unusual storyline. I, <laughs> I mean, I know it is true, but, um, you know, that, uh, that there is, um, that, that, that one of the, that, um, kind of, um, 
sort a of side, a side effect of of a bladder yeah. infection is, is confusion and i know it's an unusual thing but this is you know it used to be you know the arches used to be sort of a way of getting across agricultural Mm-hmm. circulating agricultural knowledge around the country this seems to be circulating medical knowledge around the country we're now the world's edge on bladder infections sepsis you know mm-hmm. um what did uh you know that whatever that thing was that helen had where the where the the the, the, the baby came too early and all that oh, and, yeah and, uh, yeah yeah you know preeclampsia yeah preeclampsia we get we we, we sort of act we, we could all quite happily get a job in a NHS hospital, I would imagine, after sort of five years of listening. Well, we're going to need to because all the all the Europeans are leaving. It's about to yeah. collapse. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I, but you know, I the, I think yeah, you you you're spot on there. The whole point was was to show that if an old uh, if an older lady or gentleman go a bit do lally, doesn't mean that they're actually going do lally. That yeah. was the whole point, wasn't it? So you, you're you're absolutely right. You know, but, but, uh, but why did we need to to be told that in in a <laughs> In a series about, you know, agriculture in Britain is just be, very because, odd. Be, because of the worry that um, that Peggy that it put yeah. Peggy under. That Peggy thought, "Oh my gosh, it's Jack," and she said, "I can't go through that again." Yeah, and then and it was actually a lovely scene where Lillian then says, "Whatever happens, we'll be with you, Mum." Mm. Yeah, that that was the point, an echo, a reminder of what Peggy's been through before, yeah. and there was another echo, which. I at the time I heard it and then did pick up on it and it was something which um Kerry said to me which really kind of rammed it home for me was when David says I played Ruth's voicemail message mm. right now um how often do you just find yourself on your partner's phone playing their voicemail message absolutely never ever ever and I would if I found him listening to mine I would go absolutely berserk exactly exactly now when i interviewed tim many moons ago he said to me royfield david has never got over yeah 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 yeah. the affair yeah because um as tim said david has never ever forgotten about he might have forgiven her but it's always in the back of his mind and i think that's also kind of part of this whole when someone's 50, you know, you give them a celebration anyway. But um, I know I'm jumping on to Sundays, but just to finish up this point, it made a point of saying, you know, I love you, I really love you, you know, and that... Yeah, and that I wasn't again, sure before, but now I'm... <laughs> <laughs> it was the fact that I could go through all your voice messages and there wasn't any stray men on there, which, which I didn't know. Yeah. Leaving you so messages. I've decided, I do love you, yes. You love you, God. <laughs> But yes. Um, shall we do caller in, Riz? Yes. Hello, Ambridge3962. Who do you want first, Lucy? Let's have Witherspoon, because he has been poorly sick. Oh, good call. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I've been keeping up with both The Archers and our little podcast in the last couple of weeks. First from hospital bed, and now in the comfort of my home, with Angus Haggis by my side. I'm just going to do a little bit of Archers analysis today. Hats off to the scriptwriters for having anti-cardboard's cognitive issues be secondary to a urinary tract infection. In fact, this is one of the first things physicians 
clinicians will look for when evaluating a change of mental status in an elderly person. Such a mundane problem in a younger person can cause major issues in a senior. Okay, let's talk about me. Just kidding. Let's talk about cardiovascular (laughs) disease, which I now have. As many of you know, I unexpectedly suffered a heart attack on June 5th, and I had one stent placed in the Widowmaker coronary artery. Fortunately, the other arteries were clear. First, from the bottom of this broken but healing heart, I want to thank all my friends in the Dumpty Dum community for an amazing outpouring of love and support. You don't know how important it was to me. Second, although I don't think he's listening, all my love to my handsome husband, without whose support and hard work would have made these last two weeks much more difficult. Cardiovascular disease, heart attack, myocardial infarction, scary words. In fact, I had a complete cardiac workup a year ago, and my heart was declared healthy. A week prior to June 5th, I presented to an urgent care center with chest pain, and my heart was declared healthy. Health can be a thin, fragile line. I had no known risk factors. I am 59 years old, a lifetime non-smoker, and you can frequently find me in the gym. I am a physician. What some of the take-home messages for you listening? I did some Googling and discovered that cardiovascular disease causes 26% of the deaths in the UK each year. I'm sure it's a similar number in the States. It's not just an old person's disease. 42,000 people under the age of 75 die of CVD annually in the UK. I'm sure most of us know someone who has had a heart attack or at least had a stent put in. The good news is that in 1961, heart disease caused over 50% of the deaths in the UK. What can you do to improve your odds that you won't join me in the heart disease club? That's still so hard for me to say. First, if you smoke, stop. Now. Right now. Get your lipid panel checked by a doctor. If your cholesterol is high, then start on a statin medication. Statins are your friends, unless you have side effects. Study after study show how beneficial this class of medication is. Decrease or even eliminate your red meat and pork intake. Sorry, Archer's families. Walk more, (laughs) take the stairs, do some weight resistance exercise. What is amazing is how much doctors can do if you are symptomatic. Stents are the most amazing yet simplest of medical equipment. They now thread them up through your wrist and not your groin. Although I'm taking a lot of medications now, they will decrease in time and will keep me healthy for a long, long time, which I intend to be. So be compliant with treatment. And Archer's writers, how can not one person in Ambridge be dealing with heart disease? (laughs) I complimented you earlier, but now need to take you to task. Let's get real. Okay, my public health announcement has come to an end. Back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Thanks for the extra time today, and I'll talk to you next week with my usual musings. Love to you all. Oh, it's lovely to hear him sounding so so well. Do you know what? My my mother asked me roughly how old Witherspoon was, and I said I think he's in his late 40s. Mm. So I was 10 years out. He's in very good nick. Dare I say, the gayers are generally like that, aren't, though, aren't they? They look yeah. after themselves. They, exactly. They look they after themselves, which is, you know, partly the reason why we're all so shocked that, you know, he could come yeah. down with, with that, you know, him yeah. of all people. Because he's always sending pictures of himself at the gym. I'm just heading to the gym. I'm doing this yeah. at the gym. You know, he doesn't particularly booze or anything. 
Yeah. You know, and um, yeah. and he's definitely young at heart as well. So yes. innocent crumbs. Yeah. Well, there was, um, do you know Kevin Smith, the uh, director? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, he suffered a heart attack. Did he? Recently, yes. And he was doing two shows. He's a great raconteur. He's a, yeah. an amazing conversationalist. And just, it, it, he should be doing dum-de-dum, I tell you. He, he, he can just spin, spin a joke out of anything. Anyway, the whole point of mentioning this is that he, about two months ago, three months ago, had a heart attack. He was doing a show, um, finished the one show recording, um, and then just basically uh, he, he, he lay down in his dressing room, said he was feeling a bit sick. His assistant came in, said, um, you know, you need to get ready for the next show. He said, just give me five minutes. I'm just going to just lie down here. Mm. And the assistant went out, called an ambulance. He said, you've never seen him sweat so much. And he just mm-hmm. said, I was just feeling sick. And he said, all of a sudden, all these paramedics are, are in the room. And uh, he says, oh, no, go away, go out. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. He said, I, I just feel a bit nauseous. He had had a massive heart attack and he didn't realize yes and his assistant probably saved his life because he would just 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 lay there yeah saying he and he said well he didn't feel it was nothing going up his left arm it wasn't those classic it wasn't wasn't like a sharp pain to the chest yeah he said i just felt really sick and um and because he's so big on youtube um, so the news came in, I think, on the Sunday night, and I follow him because he's massively into comics. He yeah. loves he lo- he comics and superheroes and stuff like that. On the Tuesday, there he was in his hospital bed, filming himself for YouTube, basically saying, "I got to sort my life out," because he was morbidly obese. Yeah, uh, and he has lost forty pounds. Was it sixty? He lost ninety. Yeah, m- much more than that. He lost nineteen pounds going on a vegan diet. Um, immediately within two weeks within two weeks he lost 19 pounds and strict vegan now and he says look you know and he kind of just broke everything down he says I didn't really like chicken I like the gravy you know I really didn't like you know I didn't like this it was the sauce that it came in so he's been able to rationalize not not eating meat but his cholesterol levels have fallen through the floor He, he looks amazing and and yeah, you know, it was literally forty eight hours afterwards. There he was back on on YouTube saying, "Dudes, I nearly died, but look after yourself," you know. Yeah. And, and this is how you do it, you know. And- do you want to hear something really scary? Ooh, go on then. My friend, mm. who is my age, yes, no, she's slightly older than me. Um, she uh, went to the doctor complaining of indigestion and um, a sort of a na- nausea feeling and a bit of indigestion that just didn't seem to go. And he told her that she'd already had two heart attacks. Wow. And she's a nurse. Holy cow. I know. It's really scary. Anyway. Mm. That was a public service announcement on behalf of the Cardiac Health Society of Great Britain. Stop Mm. smoking. Stop. Stop eating beef burgers and Everyone stop being ill because I don't like it. I tell you, though, you've kind of raised a good point, like beforehand, talking about Auntie Cardboard and her urinary infection, that the public service remit of this show is still writ large, isn't it? Yeah. To be, yeah. To be fair, it is on all BBC dramas, but it seems more pointed on this. Yes. It really does, for whatever reason, you know. Well, I think what's what happens is all... 
wherever possible, if the BBC, like the sepsis thing, if they have a certain drum that they're banging at the time, mm-hmm. it go the, the the press office, I believe, will contact all of them and say, can you do something about this? So the magazine shows will cover it. Um, the uh, but, but you know, the Archers is a good one to do because it's because it's daily. There's a big cast and um, they can sort of weave it in easier i think possibly than some of the tv dramas something like eastenders or whatever um but i think if you end up saying yes to too many of the press office's requests then you end up you do just sound like a public service announcement you know Mm. true that true that on that note um shall we have another caller in or why not? Good evening, Dumpty Dummers Worldwide. It's Catherine Rowan Jones calling in from High Wycombe at 88 Ivy Fox on the Twitters. Superlative monologue this week, Lucy. You keep setting the bar higher. Thank you. It's Wednesday night, and I'm sorry, my credulity has gone twang. Fucking jelly darling, <laughs> on about floral pedestals. It sounds like flowery louse to me. And the most mid class so-called drugs kids ever no i don't buy it and lastly fucking adam the brexiteer europeans <laughs> are closer to the soil in case it's missed you adam we're all still european at the moment and no our legs are not shorter than the denizens <laughs> of other land masses enough moaning two predictions one is that Freddie had the wherewithal to switch his mobile to record during his conversation with Creepy Russ. I rang him with that one and the show that it vanished. So that's that. And the other one's Techie too. Kate said to Adam in passing, um, she had hundreds of email contacts um, which she could deploy to source pickers for him should he need them. Uh, being a nerd, GDPR, I wondered if she might now deploy those contacts with a take action mail out and the yogurt weavers and tofu knitters and navel gazers and general earth loving types could be massed to protest the pond of poison. Thank you every <laughs> for everything you do. I love you all and I'm really glad that Witherspoon's on the mend. Cheery bye. <laughs> She's very good, isn't she? <laughs> she is. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. I love the idea of Freddie recording Russ. That's excellent. Mm. Well, I think that one of the things we've definitely... I think a GDPR storyline is too boring, isn't it, to do? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. But coming back on to Freddie, um, with this Freddie and Lily storyline, um, I think we're realising that... Um, the, the not that just uh, that him and Lily actually have a proper relationship. There's genuine warmth between them and then civil, a sibling rivalry and all that kind of stuff. But also, Freddie isn't totally, totally dumb, is he? Because he did somewhat have Rush's measure when, when he went in there and stuff. So, yes, academically, he doesn't have the smarts. I wouldn't say... Yes, possibly it is sort of street smarts rather than the old academics. Mm. Um, uh, but there's a. 
in the same way that his father had a sort of an understanding of how to persuade people to do uh, to do things that he wanted them to do. Freddie has the same thing, I think. He has inherited that and he is very like Nigel. Mm. Um, uh, I think what's going to happen is that he's he's going to do uh, he's going to have done okay on these exams but then he's going to get busted for the drugs thing and then so he'll either be you know have to retake or they'll say that he's you know taken it under false pretenses or something like that hmm i hadn't even thought about where all that smart drugs thing might be going hmm uh lucy yes we've done with the spoon We've done Catherine, Rowan Jones. Uh, yeah. Shall we do Blythe Spirit? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Wait a minute. Lose. Ah. No, we can't, can we? Because it's no, not the right exactly. place. <laughs> oh, honestly, listeners, if we sound a bit odd this week, it's because our tech has just fallen over from beginning to end. This is like the fourth attempt. We're now trying to do it back on Skype again. We've got all the calls on the different software we were using before. If anyone's got any podcasting software for nothing <laughs> that actually pecking works, please get in touch. Thank you. Hello, Dumpty Dum Blythe Spirit calling. Well, I just caught up with a week in Ambridge. And my irritation factor has been increased slightly by two characters this week. Number one, Shula. Honestly, what goes on in that mind of hers, it's really quite unbelievable. Uh, the fact that he, she would even consider sitting down with Alistair in mediation and telling him about her feelings for Philip in view of <laughs> the, the situation that has been very rationally explained to her is quite remarkable. I, I'm absolutely incredulous at her lack of emotional intelligence and her lack of kindness as well. Um, it would almost be adding insult to injury and it's quite astonishing that she would even be unaware of the fact that it would have such a negative effect if she did actually say that. Um, I'm impressed by Alistair. I'm impressed by his maturity. I completely support his desire to get through this as quickly as possible. And I, I'm not supportive of the fact that Philip was trying to drag him back through some kind of emotional quagmire. It was ridiculous. Number two, Brian and Kate. Now, I don't know about partnership arrangements. I am in business, but I don't know about partnerships. However, the whole 10-year withdrawal thing does seem rather um, contrived. The problem I have, though, was the fact that he was just so patronising and dismissive of Kate when she said that she wanted to go off and run spiritual home elsewhere. I think he was unnecessarily aggressive and unpleasant, and the mansplaining was just really unacceptable. Didn't like that at all. Um, as a female businesswoman, yes, she should have seen the small print, but, you know, she has every right to be independent and to go off and manage her life elsewhere. Anyway, that's it from me. I hope everyone's well out there. And with a spoon, get well soon. And hopefully I'll speak to you again. Cheers now. Bye. Oh, I love listening to Bryce Spirit. Shula and Alistair, what do you reckon are loose? Well, I... I agree with Blythe Spirit. I just think Shula seems to have a massive difficulty in empathising with anybody, in just thinking, how will, how how would I feel if someone said this to me? She just doesn't feel able to do it. And poor old Alistair is frantically trying, apart from his car park comments aside, he's trying to sort of grope around to figure out what the bloody hell just happened. And then she thinks she's actually making things better by telling him that the whole time she was with him, or 
you know, the last sort of couple of months, she's been, you know, fantasizing about someone else. I mean, how in any, you, I suppose she's saying to him, and that's why she's allowing him, she would be allowing him to think, oh, well, that is the reason then. Okay, fine. Except that isn't the reason. But because she can't articulate the reason, she's just decided, oh, well, that'll do. Regardless of the fact that Philip and Alistair are are friends, that nothing happened at all. This was not reciprocated in the slightest or encouraged or even noticed. (laughs) It's just absolutely barking mad. You know, she just needs to shut up. Just, you know, it's like when you when if you can't think of anything sensible to say, there is nothing wrong with silence. But clearly she just doesn't get that and just is trying to talk her way out of something that she but she's incapable of articulating what she's feeling. So she keeps telling everyone how she can't explain it and then trying to and making it worse. Mm. But it's a liberal person's paradox, isn't it? That that's the thing that because she has. um gone into this without being confrontational Mm. um, she doesn't understand why somebody would be upset with her she's just made a decision and and as I said it's a liberal person's paradox you know that she hasn't said that Alistair is a bad person so why then is Alistair upset about this you know and and, and she just cannot understand that fundamental Mm. uh, you know that fundamental dynamic Mm. But also she can't understand because she she doesn't like to cause hurt. She's not a confrontational person, but by nature anyway. So Mm. for her, she's avoided having that hard conversation with him a year ago, six months ago, three months ago. Alistair, we need to save our marriage. You need Mm. to, you you know, you need to pull your finger out. You know, why don't you just drag me by the hair sometimes and throw me down on the bed and ravish me or let's have an adventure let's do something because Daniel's left she couldn't have Mm -hmm. that conversation because again it's a liberal person's paradox liberal with with a small l I'm not confrontational and I do not want to upset you by confronting you with things which are um, upsetting me so I'm not (laughs) going to upset you so then she finds herself in this situation where somebody says "Hmm, be honest and open Yeah, yeah, and you just think you're utterly bonkers, woman. You're just like utterly bonkers. There is that. Do you know? I've just realised I'm sat here without my headphones plugged in. (laughs) Mm. No wonder you sound funny. Um, Also, though, there is that thing about would you rather? Would you rather? It's like one of those awful would you rather games. But you know, when some people have said to me before that when they have split up with their partners, they have actually hoped there was someone else. Because if there's not someone else, it just means that you it's easier to accept that you've been beaten by someone else. If you think they are better looking than you, they're better in bed than you, they're, you know, they've got more money than you, they're whatever. Mm. Then that's easier to deal with than just when people say, oh, no, it's not you. It's not you. It's me. No, there's no one else. You just think, oh, brilliant. So I'm just not good enough then. I haven't even been beaten by someone else. Just me on my own. I am not enough. One of the reasons why my marriage, after we separated, um, limped on for so long, with me wanting to get back uh, and to try and fix, me wanting to fix things, let's just say that, Mm. and with her saying that she didn't want a divorce, was because we didn't 
th uh, throw pots and pans up against the wall. There's no barnies. There's no shouting matches. And, it, and I realised when we were doing our couples therapy, we'd already separated, that there was a lot of, there was a, there's, there's good reason just to throw a whole load of emotion out there and to shout and bawl and scream. Because if nothing else, it puts a clear dividing line between what what went on before and where mm. you are now. Yeah. That actually, because to a, a greater or lesser degree, we both thought this was going to get fixed, we were incredibly pleasant and civil and just mm. very normal with each other. And I remember being in one of those sessions and saying, one of us needs to be a shouter. One of mm. us actually needs like to, you know, literally to kick the cat, kick mm. the dog, you know, and and it would have shaken things up. So, so and 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 I suppose in in a funny way, Alistair with Lavinia, though it's not consciously kicking the dog, was was that it's a case of mm. things have changed. So I'm yeah. going to show you things have changed. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So we've done Shura and Alistair. Oh, shall we have a little bit of chat about our Lily from Andrew yes. Horn? Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. Um, I'm calling on Friday morning and I want to talk about the uh, Lily story. Um, someone uh, said last week they weren't sure what the whole point of the Lily story is. And it's occurred to me it's not a Lily story. It's a Lizzie story. It's all about Lizzie. Um, yes, it's her relationship with Lily. Uh, and it's about Lily making the same same mistakes that she did as uh, um, with trusting older men. Um, she's already alluded to that when she was having her long chat with uh, Lily, um, where Lily apparently came out um, it, all in her mind. Uh, it was lovely also to hear Jill this week. I thought... Um, We've not had enough of Jill recently. I know this is a uh, a comment that a lot of you will not agree with, but I like a bit of Jill around the place um, with both her daughters. So uh, the the scene with with Lizzie and then also with Shula and Shula finally um, letting go um, and breaking down. So I think, um, and I'm not going to talk about Shula. Uh, and my final final point is lovely to see the Witherspoons back on the mend and out and about in the parks of uh, Manhattan. And uh, thank you for your, your notes back to me. Um, and uh, yes, good to see you on the mend. Hope you're all well. Speak soon. Bye. Um, that's very interesting about um, that. It's all about Elizabeth. Uh, it, it was really odd hearing her talk to Jill. No, it wasn't to Jill, was it? Who was she talking to? About um, Wasn't it Lillian? Lillian, yeah. When she said she's she's um, she's gay and everything, and she said, you know, we had this big chat about it, and now, like Andrew said, they didn't. You know, it was it was her <laughs> saying, you know, oh, I'll still love you, darling, da 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 da, da. and um, Lily going, yeah, all right, whatever, fine, yeah, good, and can I go now? That was what it was. It was absolutely, but I mean, she's so she's such an anxious, keyed up person, Elizabeth. And she, you know, she is trying to be both parents at once, which and to be honest, I have um, 
uh, one child of 15 and one child of 13. And the 15-year-old at the moment is going through all the, I mean, she's doing her mocks, bless her. Um, so she's she's like a, you know, a, a taut spring as it is. Um, but, you know, the idea of having two of them of the same age, both acting out in the same way. I mean, I know they're older, but, you know, crikey Moses. I do have, I do have sympathy with her on that front, that it's incredibly hard to parent teenagers to parent two on your own as well is very hard especially when they're so you know they're academically and everything they're so different and she's got concerns about um both of them in different ways um but there there was this this there's this (coughs) excuse me (coughs) there's this kind of desperate need in her to be the perfect parent and she's not listening she's just talking she's on transmit But I, I think Andrew's definitely onto something that um, the storyline is, um, I'm not going to say is all about um, Elizabeth, but is in part about um, Elizabeth. And it was one of the interesting things which I got out of the conversation with Kerry. And what Kerry said was when he first started on The Archers 25 years ago, he said a storyline was about one thing. It moved the goalposts in one direction. Yeah. And it says now one storyline or one scene does mm-hmm. two or possibly even three things. Yeah. You know, it, it's how it affects three people, how they're yeah. going to then react and then yeah. kind of move forward. And he said and that, he said, is probably the biggest change other than the fact yeah. that the actors now, now walk about because they've got stereo mics and stuff. Yeah. But it, but it actually the the script the, the layering of motivation mm. and what you take away is much more rich than it ever was you know twenty five yeah. years ago. And also we have to bear in mind that <clears throat> uh, Lily, um, you know Elizabeth always had a fondness for what she saw as knowledgeable, sophisticated older men. Yes, absolutely. You know, and and Lily's following the the family pattern. Mm. There's something about that that appealed to Elizabeth that answered some need in her and the same need is there in Lily. Mm. Um, Can I quickly do an email? It's from Welsh Witch. Yes, please. Um, She says, special Welsh Witch wishes, that is not easy, Welsh Witch wishes to Witherspoon, who I hope is making a good recovery. Can anyone tell me why Fallon and Harrison are getting married so quickly? When Fallon proposed to Harrison, I thought we'd be spared Bridezilla meltdowns for at least a year. Otherwise, what's the point of opening a savings account? Exactly. Anyway, and I'm not sure whether this is agricultural or not, but I think there's going to be a major issue around Peppa Pig. Pig. I think it's going to be something along the lines of Emma and Ed being told that they need to find the deposit quicker than they think. And the only way they can raise the money in the time frame is by selling Peppa Pig. Poppy is going to be heartbroken and William is going to lose his temper. Burning the bridges he's built with Emma and Ed. Then she says, none of my predictions have ever come true or even close, which means Peppa Pig will live out his days on Grange Farm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that is a very, very good idea. Yes, because she hasn't mentioned the deposit for a while, has she? No, not at all. Which means it's about to rear its ugly head again, if a deposit can have such a thing as a head and rear it. But anyway, yeah, I think that is an excellent, excellent prediction, Peppa Pig. Um, about Peppa Pig because something uh, we can't we can't be having this endless kind of blooming um, chuntering on about this flipping sheep pig thing uh, w- without w- without it meaning something and and the, the the thing it means is clearly money so I think you're probably barking up the right tree there. 
Mm-hmm. Well done, Welsh witch. Um, we got one more call. Uh, Sussex Shepherd, yes. You like him, don't you? I do. Afternoon, Dumpty Dum. It's the Sussex Shepherd here, calling in for the first time for a little while, uh, but I have been an avid listener of both you and our friends in Ambridge. Um, just a quick note this time, because... Uh, it's not for the first time, but Kate made me laugh out loud uh, with her absolute fixed plans, at least for 24 hours or so, to go to the Kent coast to set up a spiritual home, which I think is a fabulous idea. Uh, I'm not that far from the Kent coast myself, so I can suggest straight away that she ought to go to Camber Sands. Um, Camber Sands is, for those of you who don't know it, beautiful. Uh, mile upon mile of unspoiled sandy beaches where she could no doubt set up her uh, yurts on the beach and do her uh, goat yoga or prawn pilates or whatever would uh, appeal to her. Um, and the best bit of all is that if you just walk five minutes around the corner, you've got Dungeness Nuclear Power Station. So she'd feel right at home. There's always the possibility of a nuclear leak there that would uh, give her something to bitch about um, just to make her happy in her new surroundings. So there we go. That's my suggestion for Kate. Uh, don't suppose it'll happen. Uh, I'm hoping that she'll stay in Hamburg, of course. But uh, there we go. Thanks very much, and uh, keep up the good work. Bye. <laughs> he suggested, yeah, Kate going to the Kent coast is Kate going to any coast, any anywhere where there's a likelihood that she'll be pushed into the sea is is all right by me. So I suggest she does go to the Kent coast. Um, and. <laughs> I did like the idea of prawn pilates, which sounds like something very delicious that you get in a Greek a Greek barbecue or something. <laughs> I'll have the prawn pilates, please. Um, yeah, but yes, exactly what you, you know. She clearly hasn't read anything. She hasn't been paying attention. She just assumes that, you know, her idea of being a businesswoman is having the idea, getting people to do the work, taking the money in. That's it. That's absolutely as far as it goes. And, um, yeah, I do, I do still still stick to my guns that, that Brian was unnecessarily hard. Or there was a level of glee about him sort of breaking the bad news to her that wasn't particularly attractive when it was his own child he was talking to. Hmm. Yes. But I, I think also he... But I, I suppose you look at it from Brian's point of view. Adam, as as angry as Adam has been, Adam is there trying to be um, proactive with coming up with two solutions to the problem. Not that there is any solution other than let's just sell off some land and let's make some money quickly. But Adam is actually there. And you've actually seen Brian and Adam come closer, haven't you? So they're looking at the crops together yeah. and all this yeah. kind of stuff, the grass yeah. in the maze and et cetera, et cetera. So um, Adam is thinking you've put us in this pickle, but Adam can actually see the work that Brian has done over the 40 plus years. Alice yeah. ditto. Alice is like, well, we're in this mess. Dad, you're a burke, but. <laughs> Whereas, you know, she is still just cannot comprehend anything unless it and isn't and to a degree actually isn't really that bothered as long as it doesn't impinge on her 
and it yeah. has done with spiritual home and that's the reason why she's kicked off because she wasn't bothered about s- selling land per se was she she's like no. oh well you know you'll sell the land as long as i still yeah. get my check at the end of the month my, yes, my, absolutely. my wages yeah. my dividend yeah. for being part yeah. of this don't really care yeah yeah you know but it impinged on her so you so you understood brian just thinking you know what woman you're practically 40 you're living off of me right (laughs) Uh, show me some respect (laughs) right you have not read this contract you know you call yourself a business person because annie just kicked off to america you know it's gone a jolly so she could look at goat yoga you know yeah he's got reason to be a little bit short with her but he was he was just trying to buy himself into her good books by paying for oh, that, wasn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and and just to get rid of her, you know. <laughs> so he could actually sell the I land. am beginning to, to to consider actually what a revolt utterly revolting family they are altogether, really. No. I, I won't have that. No. No, 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 no. I think out of all of the families that I was gonna say it still live together, but that Adam doesn't live there, does he? No. And and, and neither does Alice. But out of the the nuclear families that you know that we that we follow, Home Farm, Bridge Farm, yeah. Brookfield, those three families, this is the one with the most with the with the most subtle dynamics. No, yeah. no, no, not subtle. With the, with the most dynamics, also, it's not subtle. You have very clear characters. You have very clearly defined different roles in terms of pushing the plot on and also what they do. You've had this cold war between Brian and Adam for Mm. years. You have uh, Debbie, the the golden child, you know, the one the one member of the family that uh, Brian completely utterly turns to other than Jenny, etc. You have the the interesting um fault lines between jenny and brian etc and, and then, then there is alice and alice we now know is is definitely gonna te- team brian isn't she yeah, yeah yeah whereas um in uh the, the organic archers it, it's it's not it's not as interesting and the, and dare i say the, the characters aren't as compelling you know that kind of radical fire has gone from Pat and Tony in terms of their eco this and organic that. That's kind of gone. It's definitely gone from Tom. And even Tom's burgeoning, I'm a business person, that's kind of gone. And everybody's just fed up and tired of Helen. And as for the Brookfield (laughs) lot, you know, they actually have to be painted very conservative with a small c, because they actually are the fulcrum of which everything revolves around. Yeah. Whoever in, you know, inherits Brookfield actually, in effect, is the star of the show, if, there, if, yeah. if David Archer is, is such a person. So, actually, the Aldridges are by far the most interesting kind of nuclear family in, in the whole thing. Well, it just shows you that it's that thing about, you know, if you've got enough money... You have time to indulge in 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 ego, whereas the Grundys are just so busy fighting off crisis all the time. They just mm. sort of crack on as a family, and they are supportive because they have to be. Because if they didn't all work together as a team, they'd go under. But because the Aldridges have got the sort of the financial um, that financial support, mm. they can afford to behave really badly and that, piss each other off. That is a very astute. Oh God. That is a very astute observation. Have you just called me very astute? Yes. That's not very astute. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very astute comment, Lucy. Thank God. <laughs> I had a shave this morning as well. 
Can you hear my five o'clock shadow <laughs> rustling against the mic? I, I can't right? call you my beard anymore then. <laughs> uh, let's come back the other side of some ads. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Yoko Bear here with the Social Media Roundup. Um, we started the week with a really interesting post that was actually posted by Alex Hoy um, saying about the... Um, actors in our favourite docudrama um, what do they do when they're not actually in the archers um, for instance Barry Farimond runs an organisation for musicians with disabilities and friend of the show Charlotte Martin um, is also a research psychologist so lots of people posted about kind of the things that they know that the actors do when they're not actually acting in the archers um, so go over there have a look at it find out who's a GP find out who's a journalist on the side um, and find out who's in just about every kind of voiceover at the moment so um, yeah it's an interesting post um, we also started the week by talking about the battle royale that is developing between Kate and Brian I said that I didn't fancy Brian's chances at the beginning of the week but by the end well different matter wasn't it um so there was quite a lot of comments there. I think, to be honest with you, people weren't really um, in favour of Brian very much. I don't think people like Brian very much, entertaining as he is. Um, Audrey Ann um, said, Brian has been let off the hook too easily by the rest of the family and she hopes that uh, Kate doesn't back down. Um, Helen James said she's not going to calm down and will feel awful when he has his final heart attack. Um, oh God, maybe that happened. Oh God, maybe this is some huge, great big tragedy storyline emerging. Um, also as well, Joanne Smith posted something really pertinent because people were saying about, you know, Brian is effectively destroying Kate's business. Um, Joanne Smith said, well, successful business might be a bit strong. 
True, she hasn't run it into the ground yet, but it's being subsidised by her parents and her sister, and she isn't exactly showing strong managerial skills. Um, yeah, which is kind of what I thought about when she did the disappearing act. Um, okay, she's upset, but she does have a business to run, and surely the business would come first, even though there are issues with, you know, sheep and cows moving in next door. Um, Emily Rose says, I totally side with Kate, to be honest. Her business has always taken a backseat compared to everyone else's um though with her work ethic i can see why yeah um she does seem to take a lot of time off doesn't she um we also spoke about shula and alistair's uh, mediation session first of all i thought it was meditation session i thought that they were going for like calming down at spiritual spiritual home that would have been amazing can you imagine kate mediating through meditation anyway but i'm getting off the point but the um the mediation session, Jean Bell said it will certainly be painful when she blurts out her crush on Philip, hurting more than one person. Yeah, we kind of all knew that, but nobody else did, didn't they? You know, in Ambridge, they don't know about this crush. Paul Schluss says, well, you know, Shula, she's just a drama queen. She thrives on crisis, especially someone else's, whether it's Alice's gambling or Daryl's mental illness. Um, yeah, I think that's true. I think she's in quite a lot of emotional turmoil at the moment because I think she likes rules, doesn't she? She likes everything to be done in a certain way. And I think she's losing control of the situation. We also spoke about Monty. Monty, the Hound of the Baskervilles, and Peppa Pig featuring so heavily in one episode. Our own Millie Bell said, Am I joining too many dots? Well, a lot of people don't think so. Um, Gordon uh, Bave, sorry, Bavard, I think I said that right. I'm sorry if I've mangled your name, Gordon. Um, said that Doberman might as well be called Curiosity. Yeah, Hilda might be in for a bit of trouble. Um, Karen Cunningham has said that the whole Peppa Pig thing has really got on her goat now. Yeah, but what are you going to call the goat? Um, Larry the Sheep, maybe. I don't know. Um, Bernie J. Guy also said, I saw some Texel sheep this week. They are absolute bruisers. The rams look like angry little bulls. I'm getting really confused. Lambs that look like bulls and sheep that are... Oh, I just... I, I'm confused. I don't know what animals which anymore. Um... Pat Ralph Hanavan said Monty's going to eat something he shouldn't for sure and it won't be pretty. I like the idea of Hilda. Um, uh, of Hilda giving him payback, sorry. Yeah, I think Hilda would win that one, actually, because Hilda is from, Hilda is from, well, the nether regions of hell, really. Um, we also spoke about whether Alistair has really got closure because he went through that whole kind of, I'm fine, we just need to get on with it. And how do we think this divorce is going to unfold? Helena Kate said, it seems he's gone into a shell to avoid more hurts. But I think what he said about Shula in this episode revealed a lot about longer term feelings he might have about her. There were a few times before the separations he seemed very frustrated with her actions to str her reactions to stress and difficult situations. Yeah, I picked up on that too. I don't think this is all about Shula not being happy with the relationship. I think after the initial shock of being dumped, 
I think Alistair is actually beginning to realise that he wasn't happy as well. So maybe this is what this is about. Um, Sean Geraghty said, though, why are all the responses about money? Alistair has put this divorce in a box so he doesn't have to face up to the reality of it all. He will end up in tears. Um, Yeah, I think that's possible as well. I think there's a whole lot going on there, really, isn't it? Um, Elizabeth um, Byrne said, Alistair will move on. Shula will become a sad and lonely old woman. Um, that got quite a few likes, that post, actually. Poor old Shula. Though I shouldn't say that, really. Um, also, I just wanted to say, because um, our own Witherspoon posted a photo of him just before he was discharged from hospital. It's great that you're actually feeling better. Please stay well, Witherspoon. We were all worried. Um, and then finally, um, we kind of... The last thing I'm going to cover is about Jenny and this wedding spending her way out of her family problems. Um, there was a bit of a discussion on the Facebook about how much chandeliers for a marquee would cost. Um, it turns out it's quite a lot. Somebody had actually got a quote at one point, um, and I think it was like £7,000. £7,000! Pounds. I mean, we're talking about Ruth's 50th. Ruth would be happy with kind of anything, really. Um, as Karen Cunningham said, it's all for Ruth. I hope she puts on a second best fleece. <laughs> anyway, that's me done for the week. Um, you've got Millie Bell next week. And basically, um, please go and post on the social medias and tell us what you're thinking. OK, that's me done. Cheerio. Bye. Thank you for that, Yokel Bear. And yet again, more tributes to Art with a Spoon. Now, Lucy, um, we've got an hour before Russia, Egypt. So um, how long is it going to take you to get through these tweets of the last seven days? Uh, About seven seconds. Great. Right. The first one is from Greavesy, a.k.a. Derek Fletcher. Oh, Brian, I love you when you're masterful. (laughs) 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 Martin, that is the most gay thing I've ever heard you say. Um, Nicholas Evans said, we've all been stained by kefir, mostly psychologically. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Mrs. Trellis said, you look better today, Pip. Yes, I had a full night's sleep, thanks to Gran. Really? Yes, she told me to sleep with a pillow between my legs. That did the trick. Oh, that's great. Yes, if only I'd done that eight months ago, I wouldn't be in this mess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tilt my hat. He's responsible for my entire week's earworm. Because she said, or he said, shortly a ram lamb should be called Black Betty. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Excellent. And tweet that of the week. That was tweet of the week. That was a tweet of the week. Good tweet heavens. of the week is I'm from Ungoogleable. now. Who said, the, the scansion on this is a bit shit, but I'll give it my best go. There once was a wench who liked moaning. She said, Alistair, I'm disowning. Her name was Shula. She had the charms of a fistula. <laughs> and she always said no to a boning. <laughs> I'm just about to have to say the word fistula on air and rhyme it with Shula. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, that's all manner of genius. Um, let's wrap this up, Lucy, because there's uh, World Cup football matches to watch and all yes, of that. Yes, yes, there's yes, important yes. things. Oh, gosh. GDPR, yes, right, it's come to bite bite us on our um, dumbdy dum bums. Really? How? 
Oh, God, are we in trouble? No, well, mm. Mm. Tractor. No. Yep. That basically, we're either going to have to <laughs> pay for development, uh, for the development of Tractor because, because the lovely people who made it, basically Christina and, and Adam, they got an email from Facebook saying that it needs to be GDPR compliant Tractor now and uh, they can't do the work um, uh, for free because, you know, they developed it for free. But they're yeah. saying they need to now uh, turn it off and then quote uh, for for them to be able to make it GDPR compliant because it, it uses Twitter and Facebook, doesn't it? That's how you pin yourself to the map. Um, or, you know, so, uh, you know, anyway. So, so Tractor, it's... Could have to disappear for a little bit, folks. When we oh, figure out what what we're gonna do, do with it. These bloody Europeans. I'm glad we're using leaving the European Union loose. You know, all these <laughs> strictures from Brussels. They're no good. Can I just make it clear? That was Royfield that said that <laughs> at Royfield on Twitter. You know, but why it is Brussels in, no way in our business? Me. Why is Brussels in our business? That's what I want to know. Anyway. <sighs> Uh, com. go there it doesn't have tractor anymore until we figure out what we're going to do with it <laughs> however should you wish to donate some money for, in order for us to get bloody tractor back up again because of Brussels sticking its beacon um, apparently uh, then you can sponsor us on patreon.com thanking you all now if you haven't done so already go and write us that review I said it at the start of the show you've got to do it super duper duper important because that's basically how this show works. It works by you doing your bit and losing ours and the quarter winners doing theirs. So, um, and this is how you can actually get onto the show. You can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a message via a phone to get onto the show. Or you can go onto dumdydum.com and hit our speak pipe button and leave us a message thus. Uh, Lucy. Social media. Our You've specific... got all key, so hurry up Have before I? it all comes out. <laughs> Social media, specifically the Twitters. Yeah. You can find me and our Lucy at Dumpty Dum on the Twitters. Lucy is at... Lucy V. Freeman. And I can be found at Royfield. And then on the Book of Face, you can go on there and uh, type in Dumpty Dum and join the Millie Bell with the Spoon and Yokel Bear show. Now... Uh, who's going to win the World Cup, Luce? Uh Germany. Why? I've no idea. It was the first team that popped into my head. Don't you think they've won it enough? Uh, have they? I don't know. Well, whoever they are, they're I'm the sure they're world going to champions. Well. Yes, yes, I'm sure they are. Yes. <laughs> Panama. There you go. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Why would Panama <laughs> well, win the World know. Cup? Ooh. I know and I care even less. Why, though? Why don't you have a part... If England get to the semi-finals, would you then be interested? Um, No. Why not? Are the semi-finals the ones before the finals? Oh, come on, Lucy. (laughs) I know the quarter-finals are a long way away, and then it's the semi-finals. You know what a semi is. Thank your pardon. <laughs> a woman of your age has encountered many a semi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yes, it's the one before the final. <laughs> um, no, the final. I would watch the final. But wouldn't wouldn't like the William and Simon etc. Yeah, they do, they they do a bit. But wouldn't that like whip you know drag you along with me if they're all? Well, like yesterday it was on, and I was I was working, but I was I could hear it, and they kept shouting about that sassy man, <laughs> and all the flies. And I say this all the time that I just don't know how to pitch you. Oh no! Oh, so, I am having a moment. I'm in a proper senior moment today. I don't know. I can never guess how you're going to react to anything. And that, right. and, and that is, a, it's a joy. Don't get me wrong. It's not a bad thing. But I would have thought that you'd have been one of these, you know, softly, softly kind of go along with the flow. I know you're not into jingoism per se, but this is safe jingoism. You know, if we get to like the semi-final, you can, oh yeah, I'll sit down and watch that. And I want the boys to do well, but you just really just don't care, do you? No. And I find that odd. Very odd. Anyway. Well, I suppose I don't really understand watching somebody do something that I've got. I got. I'd have no interest in doing, even if it was, even if I could do it. If you see what I mean. Huh. You know. Well, I quite like watching Wimbledon sometimes because I can play tennis and I understand how it all works. I have never played football. I uh, because I am not remotely interested in it, so I can't suddenly pretend that I'm desperately excited about it. Just um, it's like watching people. Uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't explain it because I just don't. You know, I've never. I've never done it. I can't identify with it in any way, so I'm not interested. But there's many aspects to it. It isn't just the kicking a leather ball around. You know, there is it is the fact that it's a contest between the best representatives of this particular activity from various countries around the world. So it is a a, a carnival. It is um, a time and a space where people of all shapes, sizes, nationalities can wave flags around. And it's not antagonistic. They didn't look like they were all shapes and sizes and everything. They all looked like flabby white men with their tops off, swatting gnats. That's what I could see. (laughs) I didn't see any Asian people or many Asian people in the crowd. I didn't see many black people in the crowd. I didn't see many women in the crowd. Well, that I saw a lot of men who looked exactly the same. Okay, Luce, what I what I meant was much more widely than that. And I don't know what the proportion of women will be that are attending World Cup matches, but I'm guessing it's going to be 15 to 20%. Is that 50%? No. But there's a small but significant uh, my, uh, sex, um, proportion of women. And, and it's going to go up and down depending on what the country. So I'm guessing that the Swedes, there's going to be more women there. But whatever, I could be just, just randomly culturally stereotyping there. But what I meant was the whole world waving flags and it's not antagonistic. It's a case of I'm English, no, 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 you're a Pole, no, 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 no. And then you just laugh and smile and have a beer with them afterwards. It's great. It doesn't really... Huh? 
that domestic violence against women increased by 25% during the World Cup. Yes, I had forgotten about that stat. Yep. I had completely Anything forgotten about that say? stat. <laughs> okay, that's taken the wind out of my World Cup sales. No, you, you don't win. You just, you've just reminded us that us men have many things to answer for and we have a long way to go uh, before um, we say that not only legally but in our hearts that women are our equals and we don't just kick them around. You know. And you've got even further to go before I'm going to be remotely interested in who wins the World Cup. But jolly good luck to all of you. Do carry on. You're doing marvellously. <laughs> I shall be cheering you on as you do whatever it is you do on the on the on the on the football uh, football ground pitch, pitch field. All right, because. You've just like so swatted me away with this argument. I think we'll say that's it, and and you've won the World Cup. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> Take care, Freeman. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.